0: The Paul Leslie Hour Helping people tell their stories And now, your host, Paul Leslie Hey, it's me Hello and welcome to the Paul Leslie Hour Thank you for tuning in Before we get into the interview I would be honored if you would consider going to ThePaulLeslie.com And clicking support the show There are quite a number of things I want to accomplish with the Paul Leslie Hour and you can help me get more of these interviews out there to the masses. It only takes a moment, and it makes a world of difference. Last but not least, tell someone about the Paul Leslie Hour. Let them know in whatever way you can. And now, let's get into the interview. Hey, it's me. Is that better? This is, this is great. Okay, we got a good connection. Good. Well, how are you doing, sir?
1: Doing good. Doing good. That's good. Beautiful day here in Oklahoma. For now,
0: tomorrow <laughs> won't be. <laughs> it's it's not so bad out. Where are You're, you in? Are you in Georgia? Where are you from? Georgia. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. A little, a little, a little windy. windy street. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a thousand peach peach tree streets here. <laughs> Good deal. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce you to the man that you're hearing me talk to here. We're joined by a legendary fiddle player. His name is Byron Berline. He's with us now, and as a recording artist and performer, he's received great acclaim. His music has been heard on many film soundtracks and on television. In addition to his great recordings, which I recommend, As a sideman, he's recorded with a long list of people. Bob Dylan, the Rolling Stones, Willie Nelson, greats like Bill Monroe, Earl Scruggs, Doc Watson. You could just go on and on with the number of artists he's worked with, but we've got him here on the Paul Leslie Hour, so thank you so much for making the time to talk to us.
1: No problem, Paul. Glad to be with you. Talk about music, you know, that's a good thing.
0: Oh, yeah. There, there, it's something I never get tired of. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you call you, you call your home these days Oklahoma, but you were born in Kansas. Is that correct? I was.
1: My dad, uh, his dad did the land run up in, in Oklahoma in 1893. My dad was born in 1894, and he was 50 when I was born, but our next town close to us was Caldwell, Kansas, across the line. And we lived out on the Kansas-Oklahoma line. And uh, we lived on a farm in Oklahoma, but our address was Kansas. I know it's confusing, (laughs) but both states claim me. Kansas claims
0: I'm from Oklahoma, and Oklahoma claims I'm from Kansas. So there you go. (laughs) It's nice to be fought over in that way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah, right. But
0: uh yeah, it's
1: uh so really I mean I'm, when people say where were you born, I say Caldwell, Kansas, which I was and then uh but lived most of my life in Oklahoma and I went to the University of Oklahoma and then ended up here in Guthrie. Which is my wife's hometown, Betty, it's her hometown and so we moved back here in nineteen ninety five. Okay. Been stationed here ever since and I like it a lot.
0: Can you recall the kind of music that you heard when you were just a youngster growing up? Well,
1: I just listened to my dad play. He was an old-time fiddler. You know, he played for all the barn dances and school gatherings and stuff like that, you know, back in the day, when it no electricity. And that's the only form of entertainment they had, so he knew a lot of old-time fiddle tunes and shottishes and polkas and waltzes and stuff. But every state had a different style back in those days. I mean, you used to be able to tell where a fiddler was from the way they played, just like an accent. You know, you're from Oklahoma, you're from Texas, you're from North Carolina, you're Tennessee, whatever. You know, they had their own way of playing in those states. And it was fairly closely related to the Texas style, I suppose. A little more of a long bow type approach, but that's what I grew up listening to. My dad and my mother played piano, and some of my other brothers and sisters played some instruments. and So we always had music in our home. My dad always wanted one of us to play the fiddle, so I I guess I was the chosen one. I was the last one to come along with uh, my family. I was the youngest of five, and so I don't remember ever not really playing the fiddle much. You know, I used to get between my dad's knees, and he put the bow up, I mean the fiddle up under my chin and grabbed the bow with my hand, you know, and act like I was playing. (laughs) I (laughs) thought that was a thrill. But uh, I learned my first tune when I was five years old. Mississippi Sawyer is the name of it and then ragtime Annie, and then on from on from there, you know. And my dad used to take me to fiddle contests around and stuff and then different places. We'd play any place we could. Pie suppers, PTA meetings, fairs, whatever. Just any place we get on stage and play. But uh bluegrass wasn't really you didn't you didn't see much of it back in those days, you know. First band I saw was about nineteen fifty eight, bluegrass band in Kansas. Do you remember which bluegrass band that was? Yeah, it was Jack Theobold playing the guitar, and uh, Buster Jenkins, or Frank Kennard is his real name, played the fiddle and banjo, and then uh, Kenny Plummer played the fiddle. And it was, I just thought they were great. You know, it was the first live band I'd ever seen. I can say that was 1958. I was about 13 years old or so, or 57, 58, somewhere in there.
0: Who would you say taught you the most about your instrument? Oh, my
1: dad, for sure. Yeah.
0: What kind of man was he? Tell us about him.
1: He was a, a farmer from German descent. You know, farmers of all the farmers came up from Germany. His dad was a farmer, so he was a farmer and raised Poles, purebred, pulled, uh, shorthorn cattle. And so, but he was a, uh, you know, and like I say, he was older. He could have been my grandfather. And so a lot of people thought he was. And every time he'd take me around somewhere, oh, this is your grandkid? And I said, no, it's my son.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, we had a great relationship. And, and uh, I just owe him a lot, you know, for getting me started on the fiddle and kind of straightened me out with Boeing and this and that and the other, you know. He was helpful in that. And took me to contest around and and try to meet other fiddle players. Especially saw the Texas fiddle players and kind of opened my eyes a little bit, you know, because they were more embellished, more improvisational than what we were doing. And so then I got into bluegrass, just listening to it on the radio, listening to Bill Monroe and Lester Flatt and Earl Scruggs on the radio. You know, we could pick up WSM here in Oklahoma. It was a 50,000-watt station we could hear at the Grand Ole Opry. Anybody had a fiddle in it, we'd like to listen to it. Roy Cuff, you know, of course, had Howdy Forrester playing. Flatt and Scruggs had... Paul Warren, of course, you know. I used to listen to Benny Martin on some of the uh, radio and TV stations that we could pick up back then. So it was... Uh... Then I just grabbed the whole type record I could find, and back then it was just Tommy Jackson, Square Dance Tunes Without Calls, you know. He just played straight fiddle tunes on those. I had bought every one of those I could get, and then uh, Howdy Forster had a couple albums out I listened to quite a bit. So it was, you know, you try to find any music you could wherever you could find it and uh, it was wasn't very easy back in those days the only way you could learn is to listen to put a record on and play it and then try to emulate that and uh, to learn tunes you know so it was uh, there wasn't any video or anything like that those days
0: hmm.
1: you know cassette recorders
0: even yeah <laughs> till the 60s came around from all the fiddlers that you've heard from WSM on the radio, from the records that you heard, from the times that you went and saw different fiddlers at these contests or wherever. Who would you say the best fiddler you ever heard was?
1: Gosh, I'd hate to say that. They're all of some of my favorites. (laughs) You know what I mean? I just can't say, oh, he's definitely the best. I mean,
0: everybody's got something to offer. Well, maybe Uh, tell us a few that come to mind.
1: Well... I mean, guys, you know that I listened to, like I told you, uh Tommy Jackson was. Yeah, I started listening to first then Howdy Forrester, of course, and then the, then as I got into it, Benny Martin. I listened to Benny Martin and, because he was accessible to listen. He was on Ozark Jubilee to, doing me and my fiddle, and he would do different things. And uh, I listened to him with, when he played with Flat and Scruggs. I thought he was one of my favorite bluegrass fiddlers. And then Kenny Baker comes along, of course, played with Bill Monroe and. His playing was was definitely I liked a lot, and uh, people like Vassar Clements, Bobby Hicks, those fiddlers, you know, became friends of mine. So I have to include those guys. So and then Arthur Smith, fiddler Arthur Smith, was uh, sort of an influence also. Clark Kessinger listened to him when I was a kid. Eck Robertson, of course, was. You got to put him in there. And I'm not leaving somebody out, as far as the old the pioneers of fiddling, you know. and then well, the Texas fiddlers, of course, was you know, the Franklins, Major Franklin, the Solomons, and Benny Thomason, people like that, uh, were influenced to me.
0: Now, one of the names that you mentioned, I'm sure a lot of people who pay attention to album liner notes, they know the name Vassar Clements, and you said you knew him. Could you tell us about him? Could you tell us what he was like?
1: Oh, he's a great guy. I really enjoyed that. He's from Florida kid. He's from Kissimmee, Florida. And we met when I went to Nashville and uh, met him. And then we did some festivals together here and there, you know. And then we got uh, we recorded with red, white, bluegrass together. We did twin fiddles on that. We always wanted to do a twin fiddle album together. We never did get it done. But he and I were good friends, I would say, and uh, just a swell guy, just a sweetheart of a guy. And uh, he never knew what he was going to play next, which I liked about him. He was just all over the place, you know, and he, <laughs> he, he was such an interesting fiddle player. I mean, yeah, he was he was a lot of fun. All of them, all those guys were, were you know, I mean, I, I was really fortunate to be able to know all of them from Eck Robertson to, you know, Arthur Smith, who wrote Blackberry Blossom and a bunch of tunes, he, you, Red Apple Rag, you know stuff like that. Just he was a big influence, and I got to know all those guys, and that was that was fun to be able to know. Say I knew him.
0: Hmm. Something that occurs to me is is what a broad range of people can be fiddle players. The youngest guest we ever had on this show. Was thirteen years old and a fiddle player, Maggie Estes. You know, I've seen fiddle players from from Europe. I've seen Gypsy fiddle players, players from Mexico. It's really an instrument that you know. It, it the fiddle is in so many different cultures around the world.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's amazing uh, what that instrument does. It draws people together. You know. Regardless what style you play, it's always I always enjoy listening to whatever style they're playing. as they're playing that instrument, and uh, people say, "What kind of music do you like?" I said, "Good,"
0: <laughs> you know, that's the kind I like. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what it is if it's good, I like it. Would you say that fiddle players is kind of like a an, an extended? I know there's men and women, so it's, it, you couldn't say brotherhood, but it's it's almost like a, a family, isn't it?
1: Yeah, in a way, for sure. You can go to all parts of the world, you know, don't speak English or whatever, just speak the same language, but you can sit there and jam with them for hours. <laughs> you know, and uh, I've done that many times. Bluegrass and fiddle players, you know, and then you just to hollow out the name of the tune, the you go. and Usually, you know, some of the Irish and Scottish fiddlers there, they changed, we changed the names of the tunes. You know, one the time they got over here, the names of the, the tunes have been changed. And so, but it's the same tune, but it's a different name, you know,
0: so. Hmm. Can you recall the first time you went into a recording studio? Yes, I can. it was with the Dillards, 1964,
1: July 5th or 6th. I turned 20 years old in the studio then. That was the first, I met another TV studios and stuff like
0: that. But as far as recording, that was my first recording and, uh, in Los Angeles. What was the emotion going through you?
1: Oh, it was a thrill. I mean, I was, I was thrilled to be able to do that with those guys. I mean, how what great players they were and well, Rodney's still doing it. He's going to play our festival this year, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was great to be able to, I never played with a band like that before all those, you know, I mean, living in Oklahoma and Kansas. I mean, there weren't that good of musicians around. But uh, when they showed up there, that, that same day President Kennedy was killed, was this November 22nd, 1963. Hmm. There was a show called Friday at 4 at the University of Oklahoma and it was a folk music show. And I was on that, just happened to be on that show with some other folk musicians. and But they were on the same show advertising a the gig they were doing in Oklahoma City. And uh, somebody told them that you ought to hear me play and then they didn't hear me play. I'd already done my part time. They got there. So Doug Dillard said, Hey, I want to hear you play when you get done here. So we ended up jamming together and that's when we formed this kind of bond, you might say, and they said, we want you to record with us on the next album out in California that following summer we went out there and we did it.
0: Hmm.
1: So, and then from there. Uh Ralph Rensler did the liner notes for that. Ralph Rensler was a mandolin player, folklorist from Massachusetts or New York or someplace, and he was on the the uh folk music festival, Newport Folk Festival lineup, and he was uh, and I hired my dad and myself to come to to Newport Folk Festival in nineteen sixty five. And that's where I met uh Bill Monroe. Wow. Also, Eck Robertson and, and then uh, Arthur Smith were on that same show. He invited all those fiddlers, too. But that's where I met Bill, and then and, when and, and Bill asked me to join his band, which I did a couple of years later.
0: Now, for all the listeners out there, a lot of the people listening, they know that name Bill Monroe, often called the father mm-hmm. of bluegrass. Was it at all intimidating to meet the great Bill Monroe?
1: Yeah, sort of was. You know, I mean, I'd heard about him, heard him on the radio and stuff like that, and knew who he was, and, of course, you know, and all his famous songs. And I knew some of them already, but uh, uh, it was just thrilled to get to meet him, and, you know, and then he asked me to play with him on his show. And Tex Logan and I, and, and Gene Loinger was the fiddler he had at the time, so we all three of us got and played three fiddles on his part of the show at the Newport Folk Festival. Wow. But, yeah, that was that was – a great honor to be able to play with him, and uh, and then finally join his band, and, and that was that was a lot of fun too. And got to record three tunes, you know, Virginia Darling, Gold Rush, and Sally Gooden.
0: So. This might be a, a tough one, but I was mentioning at the beginning all these different artists that you have recorded in the studio with, and I could have even gone further, and you know, John Denver. Elton John, oh. Vince Gill, Tammy Wynette, Alabama. I, there are so many. Was there one that, for you, was the biggest thrill?
1: Well, uh, again, it's, it's you know it was a thrill doing it with Bill Monroe, but I guess the Rolling Stones was the most interesting session I got to do.
0: Oh yeah,
1: yeah. I was they redid "Cut uh, Honky Tonk Women" call it "Country Honk." And Graham Parsons when the one that got me the gig. He told him to hire me to come in to play with them. And uh, so I did. And But uh, they put me out on the sidewalk to do my part and uh, a little more ambience out there, I guess, you know. So that <laughs> <laughs> was pretty interesting to do that. So it kind of catapulted my recording success, I suppose you might want to call it, and in Los Angeles. You know, doing that session didn't didn't hurt any at all,
0: for sure. Hmm. <laughs> Well, there's something I wanted to touch on, because the recording artist behind this album, Bob Dylan, he's going to be turning 80 in just a few weeks now.
1: Oh, is that right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, he'll be 80. But it's one of the more interesting, I mean, there's a lot of interesting stuff in his catalog, but you appeared on his the album, the soundtrack album, Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that experience. Interesting story. Let's hear it. Interesting story, yeah, I got a call
1: He had me come in to record uh, For the movie Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid He was doing the music for it and stuff And he's in it, I guess, too But anyway, uh, we had this instrumental Called Turkey Chase There was a turkey chase in a scene Where they're running after these turkeys And so there was an instrumental And he had it And Roger McGuinn was playing banjo And Bruce Langhorne on guitar And I know Bob Dylan's playing guitar I don't know if we even had a bass I don't think we had a bass player in my in my fiddle and uh, so we learned that you know and we recut it we c- recorded it. Then he asked me if I could sing. I said, well, yeah, I can sing. Everybody can sing. know, depends on how good, you know. <laughs> he said, well, just do background vocals. These other two gals up here and it was knocking on heaven's door. Hmm. And so that was the hit off that. And I have another story about that. Few that was the big hit. The hit you know is, uh, out of that session it was knocking on heaven's door. Well. They used to put out 45 records back there. These young kids don't even know what that is. It's the, you know, the little record with the big hole in the middle of it. And they put it, and play it on jukeboxes a lot. He told me one time he was driving back to Los Angeles, stopped in New Mexico to get some, some gasoline. And he goes in to pay for it. And the guy in there recognized him. He said, Oh, you're Bob Dylan, aren't you? And he says, Yes, I am. So we play your record in here on this jukebox all the time. See, that turkey chase is really great. It <laughs> <laughs> was on the backside of knocking on him at the door. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he thought that was funny. I did too. How about <laughs> that? <laughs> yeah. What do you make of Bob Dylan? What what how would you describe him?
1: Oh man, what a what a songwriter, you know, he turned out to be and and uh he was just a you know I would say a pioneer of folk music almost, you know, really. Not a big influence on a lot of people. He had a, uh, all these songs and stuff. I mean, the bird, you know, did Mr. Tambourine Man. And, and a lot of the folk musicians did a lot of his songs and from you name it. I mean, I'm sure the Beatles were influenced by him.
0: There's a, a place yeah. that people can go online, and the website is DoubleStop.com the Double Stop Fiddle Shop and that's Oklahoma's largest collection of violins and bows. I'm hoping you can tell us about the shop. When did you start that? Well, I started collecting things in 1987. My dad did. He collected
1: stuff. But When he passed away, he gave me 35 fiddles and a few guitars and whatever. But I didn't get the bug till 1987 and then got into it big time and started really collecting a lot of things. And then I moved to Guthrie, Oklahoma, where my wife's hometown is, and we had a house and I bought a building here. And just two years ago, it burned to the ground with everything in it. Hmm. And uh, so I had to start over. And I'm in another building now, just across the street from the old one. And But uh, well, that was devastating to me. And it was, uh, you know, a lot of great instruments destroyed and, collectible instruments and things like that, but uh now we have still have a place to play and and show instruments and jam, you know, is what we do here. And I started a festival in nineteen ninety seven, which is still goes today. It's called the Oklahoma's International Bluegrass Festival. We get groups from all over the world to come in and perform and a lot of course are local bands and like the Dillards are coming this year. Like California Reunion is coming again. Uh, Dan Craig, Steve Spurgeon, John Moore. They're going to come and we're going to see if we can remember some of those tunes that we used to do in a lot of local groups and stuff. It's be a fun time. That's always the first weekend of October. First week of October. Yeah, first first week, first Saturday of October, yeah, we do it mm-hmm. every year. Weather's pretty nice, and uh, so it's kind of a nice time a year to have it.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, you've done so many things—from from touring and performing in different places, but also recording with all these legendary musicians, making your own records. Is there something that you would like to attempt in music or not in music that you haven't yet?
1: Oh, I don't know. I have to think about that. I mean, I mean, I write tunes every day or so, and. My latest CD is 63 original tunes on three CDs in one package. In fact, right before I called you, I was recording with a friend of mine in Nashville, Tim McDonald, great piano player. He's doing a bluegrass album with the piano. <laughs> interesting. And it's really, he's a really great player. Yeah. And so I was working on that and uh, I just enjoy recording with other people and, and doing what I can do. I mean, I've done symphonic bluegrass. Mason Williams did that. He wrote some charts out for Bluegrass Symphony, and we still do that once in a while. And So we get a good variety of never boring around here.
0: (laughs) Well, what inspires you with your own compositions? How do you get a tune started?
1: Oh, I said and just work up, just get a little lick going or have get an idea, maybe just a little phrase or something I'll play and then I'll just embellish that. Maybe it's a rhythmic thing I'll get into, you know, and it's kind of a chukka chukka tune or whatever. And then I'll kind of put something to that. You never know. I'll wake up in the middle of the night thinking about a tune and try to remember it the next day, which very seldom happens. But I get all kinds of ideas all the time.
0: Yeah. Can you tell us your recollections of working with the late Doc Watson?
1: Yeah, I met him oh years ago and. We jammed some together here and there, and he asked me to record on one of his Red and Chair album, I think it was called. we see each other at festivals and stuff and just enjoyed each other's company. He was a great guy and, of course, great player. Everybody loved Doc, you know. He was, he was such a likable guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I miss him. Can you tell us if there's anybody that you would like to work with whether recording or performing or whatever?
1: Yeah, Dolly Parton. Oh, yeah? Yeah, uh, but I think she's one of the greatest entertainers that's ever been almost, you know, and she's... I had a chance to record with her twice when I lived in L.A., two times, and I had already something previously booked and I couldn't get out of it. but I never did get to, uh, you know, record with her or play some music with her, you know, and Merle Haggard was another one. I knew him, but I didn't get to do anything with him. Mm. You knew him, though. Yeah, yeah, I met him. And, uh, he liked to fiddle. You know, he was a fiddle player too. Just thought about that, you know. But I've been fortunate to be able to record with and be around with a lot of really great entertainers, and feel
0: very fortunate to be able to know him Well, if Dolly Parton is listening. She knows yeah. <laughs> to, to get in touch with Byron Berline. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> what would you say yeah. is the best thing about being Byron Berline? Oh,
1: I don't know. Been real uh, fortunate to be able to play with a lot of great players, and, and, I, and I surround myself with a lot of good players. So that's the that whole secret of of being successful, be around, get as many players you can that, that know what they're doing on their instruments and, you know, they'll, they'll drag you right along with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you a man of faith? Of course. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. It really tests you when a disaster like that with a fire happens, you know, mm-hmm. you really, it it, it really is. Uh, and a lot of great things come from that spiritually and you know who all your friends are and people that pray for you and stuff. Prayer is a big, important part of our lives.
0: So it's a, a, a nice cure
1: mm-hmm. for anything.
0: What would you say that that experience, which, you know, you hate to hear about something like that, but would you say you learned something from that experience of that loss? Oh, sure.
1: You know, how. You know you just can't take for granted that i mean personal things are are important to a point but they're you know i mean the uh, life and your friendship and and just uh realizing the sanctity of life is 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 more important than personal things mm. and just uh I was so amazed at all the people that uh, reached out to, to us uh, after the fire, and so it was very, very re- rewarding in that respect. That how many people were wanted to do things for you,
0: hmm. very humbling and very, uh, very appreciative for that. I know you're a man who knows so many tunes. Is it possible to pick the Byron Burline song? The tune that, it's just your all-time favorite. Sally Gooden. Yeah? Yeah. What is it about that one?
1: I don't know. But it's what everybody tells me. He says, you own that tune. (laughs) So, (laughs) I'll I'll take their word for it. But, no, I enjoy playing that and always have. I recorded with Bill a couple of times, or one time, and he helped me on an album, Fiddle in a Song. He and Earl Scruggs, got Earl Scruggs and Bill in the studio at the same time. 1994, that's the first time since the 1940s they've been in the studio together.
0: And that was a thrill. But Sally Gooden, definitely, yeah. Has there been a compliment that has meant the most to you? Uh, well,
1: uh, I see it on Facebook or here and there, you know, says, uh, uh, that uh, he's a very likable guy, and I I, I want to be. You know, so I hope I'm remembered that way.
0: Hmm. Well, I remember talking one time to uh, the late Paul English, Willie Nelson's drummer. hmm And he mm-hmm. was saying that if you have a great, great player that's not the greatest guy, or if you have a great guy who's not quite as good of a player, you want to hire the great guy every time yeah sure <laughs> i understand that yeah it's very important to to be uh-huh. be nice and also to to have humility for sure
1: well yeah that's that's for sure
0: i uh yeah this might seem like a light hearted question but I think you can learn a lot about a person from it. What is your all time favorite meal meal yeah
1: Oh, <laughs> it just kind of changes from t- time to time, you know. Growing up on a farm, you know, we raised beef cattle and stuff, so I like a, a, a really a good steak, you know, and uh, baked potato and green beans and stuff like that. But, uh, gosh, I like about everything, really.
0: <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, anybody out there who's tuned in, you can visit doublestop.com. That's the double stop fiddle shop. And I always mm-hmm. like to give my guests the stage. And it's really, it's not limited to anything in particular. It's, it's very open ended. What would you say to the folks who are tuned in with us?
1: Well, you know, if you like, uh, bluegrass music, try to, to just get a variety of it and see, you know, what what you like. Some people are very traditional, some others not so traditional. And, you know, so, but, uh, like I say, any music that you want to buy or listen to, just have an open mind and, and listen to the artistry that comes out of there. And, uh, but, uh, and if you want to hear the, see the history, there's a lot of books. I have a book out now, you know, it's the fiddler's diary, it's called. I've been out. I don't know, ten years or so. Just you know, the, with all the ways to search people now, you can just get online and find anything you can about anybody you want to. And so it's uh, but I'd appreciate it if you wanted to contact me and talk to me. That'd be fine. Or if you want I got most of my CDs. I I can sell here at the shop and mail them to you whatever. Same way with the book. And then, uh, same way with the lessons. I teach lessons on video. So that's available How to, how to play a fiddle tune or something You know, so Anyway Great And then just come to our festival Every, every year And uh, we have a, we're still doing live shows here At the music hall Every other weekend So all year round So if you're either through Oklahoma Get through Oklahoma Just north of Oklahoma City Come by and see us
0: I would love to see the yeah. place Yeah Yeah, I appreciate you having me on <laughs> Oh, yeah. my pleasure if I could ask one question, one more. Sure, sure. We have all these labels that we put on you—that you're a fiddler, and uh, you know some people say legendary fiddle player, a recording artist, a performer, a teacher. Who would you say Byron Burline is at heart?
1: Fiddler. Yeah, that's what says on my license
0: plate. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Fiddler. <laughs> well mister Berline, thank you so much for spending time with us.
1: Oh my pleasure. Yeah, thanks for letting me do it and uh hope to see you all sometime.
0: All right. An honor to talk to you. Thank you. All right, until next time. Right. Bye bye. Yep. Bye. Ba 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 poop the beep. But i leap on I walk on get No I I Oh,
1: i I